I'm Kate Northrup. And I'm Mike Watts. And we're partners in life, love, and business. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show, where we share insights and interviews on entrepreneurship, relationships, parenting, self-actualization, and making a life, not just a living. Welcome to the Kate and Mike Show. This is Mike. And this is Kate. Today, we interviewed our friend, Danielle Laporte, our special guest today. So who is Danielle Laporte? Danielle is an invited member of Oprah's Super Soul 100, a group who, in Oprah Winfrey's words, is unique connecting the world together with a spiritual energy that matters. Who else is she, Kate? So Dee's the author of White Hot Truth, Clarity for Keeping It Real on Your Spiritual Path from One Seeker to Another. And this is her newest book. And she's also the author of The Firestarter Sessions and The Desire Map, A Guide to Creating Goals with Soul, a book that's been translated into eight languages and has evolved into a yearly day planner system, which I am a devotee of, a top 10 iTunes app, and an international workshop program with licensed facilitators in 15 countries. And she's also just launched the Firestarter Sessions facilitator program as well. Her website has been named one of the top 100 websites for women by Forbes, and millions of visitors go to Danielle Laporte every month for her daily hashtag truth bombs and what's been called the best place online for kick-ass spirituality. She's a speaker, a poet, a painter, and a former business strategist and Washington, D.C. think tank executive. Entrepreneur Magazine calls Danielle equal parts poet and entrepreneurial badass, edgy, contrarian, loving and inspired she's a big supporter of v-day and charity water and she lives in vancouver with her favorite philosopher who is her son she's also been featured in a ridiculous amount of places kate just said forbes and we're talking oprah's super soul 100 but et and l and marie claire and vogue and refinery 29 the cut own oprah.com essence huffington post i mean the list goes on and on and on this episode was pretty amazing, I would say. Well, I want to say how we met Danielle, because oh. that's important. Okay, great. So, Dee and I go way back. I first stumbled across her blog late one night, I think in 2009, through a link in some online forum I was in. I don't even know. I don't even ever click on links, but somehow I was led there, and I read everything. Like, I soaked it up, and I was like, who is this woman? I want to know her. I'm so deeply inspired. And I became, I think, her number one fan way back then. And I think I still hold that spot. Then I ended up doing a Firestarter session back when she was offering them still one-on-one. And I did a couple of them, actually, for different businesses. And I was one of the people who helped organize her first Firestarter group session in New York City, which is when we met. And I met a lot of other amazing women then. And just like side note, this is a little learning. If you want to get to know an influencer, help them in their business. Like I invited everyone I knew to that Firestarter session and I helped her fill the room. And I did it because I wanted to, not because I was trying to get anything, but she noticed. And then when I was coming to Vancouver, a couple of months later, I emailed her and she was like, come stay with me. And I was like, what the, oh my God. Like it was as though Oprah said, come stay with me. And then we just became good buds. She actually knew before I did that Mike was the one. I will never forget. I was getting in a cab. I was hailing a cab in the meatpacking district after having dinner with her. And she was like, you know, you're going to marry him. And I was just like, what are you talking about? So anyway, that's a little of the backstory on Danielle. (laughs) And she gave the blessing of the meal at our wedding. And I think this is a pretty rocking episode. I agree. And we have been to some super wacky 
spiritual growth experiences with her in the woods. And we also Along swam with, with dolphins together We in swam Hawaii. with dolphins. That was really my first time hanging out with her in a much longer format where that's when her book, The Firestarter Sessions, came out and we saw the very first hard copy. They actually overnighted it to Hawaii because we were all there, so all of us celebrated. And then we were at, just at her house when the, her brand new book, White Hot Truth, just got delivered. So it's kind of cool. We're like the book fairies. Yeah, we're the book fairies. But then she's also been to many of your birthdays since we've been together, which she has been has, awesome. She surprised me for my 30th birthday by flying across the country. It was yeah, it was awesome. Pretty freaking amazing. So this podcast, we dove into a lot about White Hot Truth, her new book, what it is about. We also talked about being a mom as an entrepreneur and, and a business owner. And how she found sustainable success. Yes. Some key lessons on parenting and running a business at the same time, I think. We also talked about why some of the people in the personal growth industry are full of shit and how to know which ones aren't. True. So I enjoy the episode. <laughs> it is quite entertaining, I would say. Hello, Danielle. Welcome. Hello, my friends. My real close, serious, <laughs> inner circle, juicy birthday workshop road tripping friends. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're so happy to have you. It's awesome. it's a it's a joy to be with you as always. It's an honor to support your book. You know I am your biggest fan. I have loved everything you've written since day one, and this book is no exception. So we're talking, as you know, about White Hot Truth, Danielle's newest book, Clarity for Keeping It Real on Your Spiritual Path from One Seeker to Another. What I love about this book is like our industry is so full of shit and you just call it out. <laughs> I just like, no, you just call it so out. That was even You just called it out. I, do, I don't I think Danielle's actually that. I don't think that sentence is in her well, book, but no, that sentence is probably not. But that's sort of like the subtext in certain yeah. ways. Now obviously so, you'll go ahead. I guess Danielle, did you now I don't know if you view it in that sentence or put it that way that Kate just said, but like was this something you knew before? Because I know, you know, reading the book, as I told you in person when we were up in Vancouver, this is the first book of Danielle Laporte I've actually been able to read, which has been <laughs> which is so funny. It's so good. It like really, re clearly I'm not your core audience. But I've been able to go through it. I'm like, it's like fiction. You're the worst. Why? Because <laughs> you're No, honesty. that's actually what Mike said to me. He was like, so... I can actually read this book. And I was like, is it like a learning disability thing? Or... And, and he's like, no, it's like a guide chick thing. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I don't know. It was just like, I tried to read all your other ones and, and Kate would be like, oh my God, your writing is so good. It's this. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't get it. Like why? Oh my God. Like I will never forget in the fire starter sessions. I had this on a little heart shaped post-it note at my desk for years. The line, your hunger will lead you home. It was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Yeah. So it's anyway. true. And that's when you got your first fire starter, we were in Hawaii. I remember that. Yes, so you got the hard we copy delivered. You when you got it delivered yeah. to you, yeah. that was so cool. And then we ended up back in Maine. So yeah, look at that. Let us right home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. So what you asked it, a question. I, it wasn't that literal, but I'm glad you, okay. All right. What's your question? <laughs> that's why Mike has trouble with your work. <laughs> it's very literal. <laughs> oh boy. This is good. Now I forgot what my question you was. Said, Go ahead. Like, were you always feeling like, wow, the yeah, personal well, growth spirituality industry like, is like a little like, <laughs> whoa, or or is this new to you, a new realization? Yeah, like the journey along this, you know, did you kind of 
figure out it was like all full of shit based off writing this book or no, going I, through let's it. Let's be clear. I said that she didn't. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it is a, a subtext about some of the stuff. Well, here it is. I always thought I had a really great bullshit detector and that I was like discerning and I could tell who was real, who wasn't. Like I was right a lot of the time, but I was in for some doozer lessons when (laughs) I was so wrong. Like I was really wrong. So yeah, I've had this general uh, icky taste in my mouth about how self-help gets over-marketed and manipulated. And I think there's so many people out there who haven't really done the work and who are just like, oh, hey, I can make money by coaching people online and live in Bali at the same time. So I'm going to do that. And that's actually an outside in approach. That's not why, you know, that's not feeling called to coach people. (laughs) And I also think that there's a lot of suffering stories. Like I just had this great conversation the other day with Ali Brown. She's like, you know, there's so many people out there with their stage story, their speaking story. And I was like, yeah, what do you mean by that? And she's like, you know, where you have to have your rags to riches. This is how I suffered. story. I was like, Oh yeah, I know that one. And how I've been told so many times, like you need to talk about how you suffered on stage. And I'm just like, but I'm over it. I have other things I want to preach about, but I think there's so many people who went through things that are, you know, they're difficult for sure, you know, but it's just part of growing up. It's part of life. It wasn't the fucking dark night of your soul. And who am I to judge? But yeah, so I always felt pretty aware, but boy, was I in for a few surprises about where my blind spots were. Okay, so you grew up Catholic outside of Detroit, but across the border in Ontario. And (laughs) it's a very American way of putting where I live. Sorry, that was like, but you know what? I am aware that you're Canadian. Actually, Canadians are my favorite people on the planet. And I don't know why it came to me that way, other than that you've talked about growing up outside Detroit. So that popped into my head first. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. So, and how... But, but that's true, right? Didn't you grew up in It America? is, but but you understand, like, the framing of it is, like, I gave the point right. of reference from America Correct. as right. opposed to from Toronto. From, yes, uh, from Toronto. Oh, my God. From Canada. Hello. It's a country. So, <laughs> what I wanted to ask you <laughs> it's is... the sane one of North how, America. Yeah, totally. Moment, yeah. How did you get started on the self-actualization path? Because I know you weren't... Well, I mean, actually, you could argue that Catholicism is part of the self-actualization path. But, Mm -hmm. like, what was your first foray into personal development? How old were you? What was the book? What was the workshop? Who was the person? Mm. Much like you, I have a pretty intense mom. (laughs) (laughs) Who was doing a lot of weird shit. And... (laughs) And it really formed me. And I'm grateful. Aren't you grateful for all the stuff your mother <laughs> forced upon you? Yeah. And all the workshops she dragged you to? Yeah. So yeah. it was my mom. And cool. I mean, we were going, my mom was doing bioenergetics and doing like emotion release work in the bedroom while I was watching the Muppets. Yes. <laughs> in the other room. Yeah. And we were going to workshops where there was like channeling and all sorts of things that a lot of people wouldn't think would be acceptable for kids, you know? So that, and I write about this in White Hot Truth, it was really my first wacky new age book that I got. A friend's mom gave me a book called Messages from Michael. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was channeling. It was literally 
notes from Ouija board sessions. And that blew my mind. That really put me on the path to just like consuming material. And then shortly thereafter, Course of Miracles came. I was way too young to understand it, but I got it. And Louise Hayes, you can heal your life. All that stuff really got me, shook me mm-hmm. in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and awesome. Right now, I know that you live a pretty curated existence, which I love. Like your, you know, your Instagram feed is down to a hundred people. And I've been, I was just really inspired by that. And so I've been curating a little bit, but who are the spiritual teachers or personal growth teachers right now who really do it for you? Who've kind of like made it through the updated bullshit filter. (laughs) Yeah. My list of the real deal. Yeah. Uh, I'm well, I'm really into Guru Singh and he is for anybody who doesn't know Guru Singh, it's S I N G H. He was the protege of Yogi Bhajan, who is credited with bringing Kundalini yoga to the West. He's 72. He lives in LA. He is a diamond. Just his mind, his heart, his clarity, his personal story is just unbelievable. You know, he was hanging out on stage and personally with Janis Joplin and the Grateful Dead and playing and filling stadiums as a rock star. (laughs) And, And then had his kind of awakening experience. So Guru Singh... And Michael Beckwith, I think, is real deal for sure. He is, I mean, he is a preacher to the bone. The gift he has to just bring stuff through live to an audience, amazing. I think what Marianne Williamson has to say about politics and consciousness and what I would call spiritual activism is lucid and I think her teaching is medicine. Eve Ensler, I bow to her and everything she is doing for ending violence against women and girls on a global level and her work with V-Day and now the documentary City of Joy. And then there's a handful of wellness people. I mean, Chris Northrup, your mom is one of them. Mark Hyman She's is all right. another. She's all right. Um, <laughs> Mark Hyman and where he's at with functional medicine and sugar and that whole realm. And then Anthony Williams, also known as medical medium. And what he's doing in terms of just like bringing down like the esoteric perspective and bridging it to like all the physiological stuff. I just think he's fucking rad. Yeah. Those are my go-to people. There's others, but those like they're all those folks are like really alive for me right now. Like I here here y'all tell this is how into them I am. I subscribe to their stuff. <laughs> right. No, I know. Like like letting somebody into your inbox is a big yeah. freaking deal. And I can count basically on one hand, like the email lists I'm on. Obviously yours is one of them. And so I'm always curious, like what are for the people I know who don't just subscribe to everything, I wanna know, like what are you reading? What are you into right now? So that's great. Very cool. Oh, Mike, do you have a follow-up question on that? Because then I have, I'm totally switching directions. No, I don't. Okay. I do have a random thought, though. Oh, what is it? I was reading your book out loud to Penelope this morning, Danielle. <laughs> so, like, how you, sa- how you said your, you know, your mom and Kate's mom and all that stuff oh, is God. Penelope one day will wake up and be like, my dad used to read me this <laughs> Danielle Laporte woman who 
that's where we started. But then she just—I mean—that lasted for about two minutes, and then she decided to go get fifteen of her little books and then pile them on top of me and says, "Read these." So <laughs> I'm okay with that, Penelope. I get it. <laughs> so, okay, go ahead, so Kate. Sweet. Sorry. Okay, you talk about self-care, and that's been something that's really like ripe for me since becoming a mom a year and a half ago. And like you, I'm also an overachiever. And you talk about in the book, I love this paragraph because this so speaks to me. Like most overachievers, I still have to create games for myself. Like if you take two days off in a row, you'll actually be even more productive when you get back at it. Now, this is a proven fact and it works every time. A fresh mind is more productive, but I deserve downtime just because I want it, not because it's another means to achievement. The more I practice, the better I get at this. My heart rules my day planner. So I just, first of all, I just want to say love that perspective and I'm so on board with it. And then second of all, you have a pretty full life. You know, you're a mom, your kid's amazing, you run an empire, and you are doing like pretty cool, amazing, creative work that's very different, I find, than other people in our space. So my question is, what are your non-negotiables around mm. taking care of yourself? Oh, non-negotiables. That's a great question. No red-eye flights for work. Mm. I might do it for a holiday. <laughs> I like um, that. To for like, work. get an extra few hours on the beach. <laughs> I mean, I just did that, right? But yeah, no red-eyes for work. I will not stay in crappy hotel rooms. It's just never worth it because... They put this crap on the carpets <laughs> that messes with my sinuses mm. and, she, and yeah. So like if I stay in a nice hotel, I just, it's all, it's all better. And I need a place with a bathtub. It sounds super, super diva, but you asked, these are my non-negotiables. Yeah. I don't eat airplane food. I always bring my own food and my own utensils sideline. What I really want to be doing in life right now is starting a revolution around plastic Yes. mindfulness because in not too long the planet is going to be covered in it it's affecting our hormones everything everything else. so i bring cutlery with me everywhere i go and refillable everything mm -hmm. my other non-negotiable is well i just really need alone time i'm so okay with just saying like it's too many people this week or yeah those are them yeah and I have to smell good. Oh, oh, here's the other one. <laughs> warm feet. I must have warm feet at all times. Like when someone, inv you know, if we're going to meet someone for lunch and we're deciding where to go, I'm just like, look, as long as a place is warm and there's no gluten and it's vegetarian and the lighting's good and the music is good, <laughs> that's great. Well, the list of requirements really is short. <laughs> With the option really, of taking a bath afterwards. Like, yes. it can be July, and people are like, do you want to sit outside? Do you want the patio? I'm mean, like, inside, please. Inside. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. Interesting. Have you noticed I can't that? think straight if I'm cold. Well, I remember my first time I ever interviewed you, I asked you, what do you wear when you write? And you said, always, at that time, was your Uggs. I don't know if that's still the case, because you're more creative when your feet are warm. Right. Yeah. No longer Uggs because I, didn't I think saw so. the video about yeah, what they totally. do to sheep. I didn't mm -hmm. want to assume, but I was mm -hmm. assuming. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Not good. Not good. Not and good. you've recently no. become a vegetarian. Yes, I'm back to it. After 12, so I was a veg for 12 years and then 12 years off. 
and then I'm back on and I am back with a vengeance. Like I'm very, I'm pretty righteous about it these days. Hmm. Tell us about it. Well, I, you know, I was doing what so many of us do in terms of like weight management, weight loss, health, all that was like, you know, I'm just going to protein it up because I'm burning the fat and especially if I, you know, around noon and then the next, you know, and so, but what I found myself doing was every time I was eating meat and Hey, like it's easy, so easy. You just make your batch of your chicken and whatever. And you're good for the day with some celery, you know, (laughs) every time I consumed meat, I was apologizing to the animal because I felt it was wrong. And I would say, sorry, sorry, chicken, but it's me over you today. And I felt really, so there was guilt and I would say, I mean, this is like a, just a really big statement. I would say in the last year, in the last two years, I've become just a much more loving, softer person. I've become more of myself. My edges have dissolved and I just couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't do it. And it's difficult to not say this and not sound judgmental. But so I'll just speak, you know, we just put this in a bubble. This is so me personally, I felt not loving and, you know, I can't even talk about my old dog Ava without crying, Mm. but it's like, I just like, this is the argument that all vegetarians will give you. I wouldn't eat my dog. Why would I eat a cow who I know has feelings, you know? And then I'm, you know, I just got even more educated and vigilant about, how all food is produced, but specifically meat. I've watched all the documentaries. You know, you got to watch Cowspiracy. You got to watch What the Health. And it makes it very difficult for you to speak in first person. It's made it very (laughs) difficult for me to justify killing and eating dead animals. Yeah. And I also listened to a podcast conversation between Rich Roll, who I'm obsessed with, and Dr. Melanie Brown, and she talks about the cognitive dissonance and how we basically manufacture our own consent to make it okay to eat animals. And like, you go down the list, oh, it's been going on for hundreds of years. Actually, mm, <laughs> doesn't make it right. Here's why. Right. And oh, well, but this thousands of years ago. Yeah, but you know, it's, you know, beef is 5% of their diet. and they only ate it during times of famine. Like, you know, like there's just, and to get down to just like the selfish basics, you know, the five pounds I wanted to knock off that one month, as soon as I stopped eating meat, gone. See, that's kind of cool because I think guilt puts on weight. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Now, I think there are profound health reasons for what you're talking about, but from a purely emotional standpoint, I think that that's really also relevant. Yeah. I'm glad you pointed out. Yeah, it was creating stress, and we all know that stress and cortisol, and you hold on to that fat. Yeah, and I can see it also, you know, in my kid and just him wanting, really wanting to just keep it lighter, like yeah, mom, this is the way to go. And he's like, well, I'm going to be pescatarian. And I'm like, actually, let me tell you why you shouldn't be. (laughs) And I said, dude, it's your body. I've filled you with the facts. Do what you want to do. But I'll tell you two things. One, there's going to be no meat in this house. Mm -hmm. Two, radiation from the Fukushima meltdown, 
that happened how many years ago? I don't know, two, four or I five th- years ago? Two, okay, yeah. two years ago, is now showing up in British Columbia salmon. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling you as your mom, if you got to do something, eat chicken that you get from the <laughs> local farm. Over over but, the fish from your ocean. But there will be no more salmon sashimi mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Is there anything else that you used to do that you found that you started feeling more and more like guilt around or every time you did it, there was like a friction similar to the experience of eating meat that you now don't do? That's a great question. Well, you know, I always have a pack of Marlboros wrapped in tinfoil <laughs> in a Ziploc bag in the back of the freezer. That is so funny. You still, you still have it? Oh, well. I love that. No, I don't because, oh, wow. you know, you guys know I, my lungs are sensitive. Yeah. But now a friend of ours. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> introduced me to aromatherapy vapes. You I, are I, you okay? Okay, are I you love really? The, hold on. I love this conversation. We just went from like, oh, we're saving the planet by not eating cows, and now all of a sudden there's Marlboros in the back freezer of. Yeah. Now we're on well, the therapy. Well, I asked the question about. I asked the question, and love it. She says right here in her book that embracing our humanity by honoring my humanity, I get fuller access to my divine power. I, Boom. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. This is is a great visual for you guys. (laughs) This is what it's gone to. You know, like I used to have, and you know, you guys know, I'm like, I'm not a big drinker, but like stress situations. Sure. A glass of wine and a Marlboro on my back deck watching the sunset for sure. But now this is what it's changed to. Cause now, you know, I have a kid and I'm like so clean and healthy. Now I have kombucha in a wine glass and I lock myself in the bathroom and I just have a couple drags off of this lavender essential oil vape. (laughs) Amazing. I feel feel so nasty. Oh my God. (laughs) So good. That's it. Like, you know, you're getting too clean and maybe a bit too mature when you wake up the next morning, you're like, Oh my God, I have a gluten hangover. Oh, absolutely. I had too much cheese at the party. Yeah, we I, talk I about that all the best. time, though. Yeah, but I can't believe there's essential oil vapes. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. amazing. Side note on the plastic situation, I just heard her name is Allison Teal, T-E-A-L. Okay. And yeah. she was just on the Neil Strauss, Gabby Reese podcast, and she is this, she's like 30 or something. I think she's 31. She grew up as an adventurer all over the planet with her parents, these crazy adventure folks. And this mm. is like – so she grew up in tribes and different islands all over the world. But she's on this mission with the plastic and letting people know about it. And she said well, she said one of the biggest things is she just has to go to these places. So she gets on her surfboard and like paddles into these crazy rivers and streams that are just covered with plastic. So – She's on this mission as well, and it could be a partnership. And she's been on like Naked and Afraid and recognized by Red Bull. She was one of the first two people or something on Naked and Afraid, and we heard all about that on their podcast. But that's something – she might be like a good partnership somehow. What's her first name again? Allison with one, Allison with one L. Okay, I'm going to yeah. check her out A-L-I-S-O-N. Sure. And I think her website's allisonadventures.com. Cool, but she's like doing something with Red Bull and stuff like that to help with the plastic situation because it's you're talking about the stuff from japan and the the radiation yeah the radiation stuff she's talking about plastic is entering our like fish are eating that 
and yeah. now yeah. Fisher eating this yeah. plastic, it's becoming fish. part of their system. And it's not even just the plastics the issue, it's the chemicals. Yeah. So it's the chemicals that are inside the plastic that are getting inside the fish that are reproducing with these chemicals, and then we're going to eat them. You know, and then she's even talking about sunscreens, the same deal. Like sunscreen is really, really, really bad for us from a mm-hmm. chemical perspective. So she recommends like raw essentials, I think, is one of the nicer sunscreens. Mm. But she said that's the same thing. It's getting in our water systems and it's just, it, yeah, it's a whole it's thing. Killing, so. It's killing the coral reefs. That's yes. why there's no color. Hey, if and when you pull up the Gabby Reese podcast again, can you take a screen shot of that and then text it to me and yes. then I'll listen to it with my kid. Yeah. Yep. Super. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Cool. I think it's, they do great. They interview some, you'll like the one they just did about the woman that was inside of a, she worked inside of an LA sex dungeon. That was fascinating mm-hmm. from just mm-hmm. a guy like working with men inside of this facility and just like they gave the perspective, they like broke men into four cat. She wrote this book recently, like broke men into four categories, why they came to these places. Yeah. So it's, they got some good people that come on that show. It's really interesting. Okay. All right. Back to Danielle. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay. I have to listen to that as well. Okay. Okay. So I, Hold oh, on. I have a question okay. regarding. Okay. okay. Um, I have so many. <laughs> I, I know you do. I got to get in when I can. Because if not, it's the, it'll turn into the great. Kate and Danielle show. <laughs> Mike's here on the side note. My, Kate, it's the Kate and Danielle like and sidekick times. Mike. Everybody should know when the three of us are together, it's like Kate and I are like these, these little chickens, though, because Mike's like, ladies, we're going this way. I'm like, okay. And we just like, we keep talking and we waddle over and Mike, like, Mike, ladies, we're done. I was like, okay, we're going <laughs> to. It's so. It's, okay. Yeah, we wanted to do this interview live last time we were in Vancouver. We, we didn't work out. talking too much. <laughs> we we should have just put much. the recorder on. It would have been like three hours. No, of... we brought all of our equipment all the way to Whistler, all the way to Vancouver. We were all okay. ready. And then we just like ran out of time because we were yeah. talking. Yeah, it was all good. Yeah. I guess, I mean, we'll probably talk about this as we go along, but you've done a lot of adventures, I guess, in the area of. What do you call all this? Like self-help? Is this what we're categorizing in this? Yeah, self-improvement? self-help, personal development. Yeah, yeah, like your first, I think your first or second page is like list all of these things. And half of them like, I don't even know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> what are you still doing today? Like you've been down all these adventure mm-hmm. paths. And then what is has stuck with you during all of this that is like on the end result of all of it? Mm, that's a great question. Uh, well, I still have a psychologist. And I call her when I need her. So sometimes it's like every two weeks for like a couple weeks because I'm just like clearing some stuff out. Or I might go six months without talking to her. And I book like about two weeks in advance. And I have these 90-minute sessions with her on the phone. And it's beautiful and she's deep and amazing. And I can tell you who it is. Ann Davin. D-A-V-I-N. I thought that's who. Yeah, yeah. She's so amazing. Oh, she is. Yeah. I think Ann is She's like the, I don't want to say the new, but she's very much like Clarissa Pinkola Estes. Mm-hmm. And she is a shaman with a psych degree and she's amazing. So really, really, really amazing with her. And I have a quote, energy worker who I get assignments from and who works on me. And I'm highly secretive about that relationship, but that's steady in my life. And essential oils are a huge part of my life. I'm very particular about the brand. I ingest them. Like I make essential oil capsules for different things. Like, you know, for example, I've had some like super inflammation issues in one arm and I've been going to my osteopath and acupuncture and 
you know, my person is just like, you need to take copaiba oil and four drops under your tongue. And I've been making capsules with that and taking like high dosage. And it's, I, cure is a big word, but like, you know, two weeks ago, I could hardly lift my right arm because I've been writing so excessively. So essential oils are a big part of my life. And I meditate every day. I have a very specific practice. I crave it. I actually crave it now. Mm. And yoga, I wouldn't say yoga on and off, but yoga from a restorative perspective. Like I don't go to get my booty in shape. <laughs> I go to like unwind and chill. And that happens maybe once a week, maybe four times a week. Yeah. That's what I do. And I mean, there's other things to do for like fitness and wellness and stuff, but those are my main things. But I'm pretty hardcore about the meditation. Yeah. What does your meditation, is it once a day, twice a day? It's definitely once a day. It's always in the morning. Right now I'm doing something really specific that takes about 15 minutes. There was a period of time where I was doing this practice 108 days, 40 minutes. And it was a huge, I felt like it was an initiation to just get, yeah, to be consistent with that. But I did it because I, well, it was feeling good and I wanted to see like what the results were going to be and like how, who I was after the 40 days of that commitment. And that was worth it. So it, it changes, changes. And then, you know, like my house is feng shui, even though I have a, this kind of like doubt faith relationship with feng shui and <laughs> there's always something burning in my house. And there's always some little altar somewhere. I'm attuned with like what's going on astrologically. Like this weekend, there's some really particular things I'm going to write about, just like journal stuff and burn them because of where the moon is at. Yeah. So where do you get I'm your astrological info? Ever. Just as flaky as ever. That's what we're going to title this podcast. <laughs> yeah. No, but where, like who gives you the yeah. astro downloads? Isn't today oh, like I, a new moon? I kind of like today is a new one. I yes. get a bunch of them. Like I really like Ruby Warrington. Oh yeah, she's great. She's on, she's numinous on Instagram. Her stuff is great. Chani Nichols, yeah, or Nicholas C H A N I, and and then my you know secret energy friend sends right. me stuff, which is yeah. great. <laughs> Top top secret energy friend. Just circling back when you said you wanted to see like who you would be after the 108 days of 40 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like, so results oriented. Like, what did you notice? What what was different after that? (laughs) Well, I would say like my mental clarity is pretty rad these days. Like my capacity to follow things and sequence things like, and I, I'm really noticing it a lot in interviews. It's just like, Hey, I want to go back to that question and unpack that. Mm. And then let's move on to this. And then, you know, my, when I'm just rolling, I'm like, well, the first layer is this and the second layer is this. And then you put that together and you get this. Like, I feel like there's almost this kind of mathematical sensibility. There's some, there's just clarity I have. And, and I notice it because, well, it's there. I mean, it's real, but also I have something to compare it to, which is, I think, you know, when I was involved professionally with that healer that you and I all know who shall remain nameless, you know, I was basically, you know, a combination of that, that work and the energy that was being 
sucked for me and the energy I was giving and the illusion I was under. And that mixed in with, you know, the shock effect of divorce. I was pretty foggy for like a solid three years. Like I got a lot of shit done because I am, you know, like I, you know, I'm an achiever, but I wake up in the morning and not really be sure where to start. Mm -hmm. And I just don't have it. It's like I just lost a lot of psychic weight and I can feel (laughs) things now. Yeah. And you look really different. Thanks. Which is just, you know, like every time I see you, it is like you just are lighter. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Well, you know, if you look at pictures of me, like for the 10 years before, other than like glamour shots where I was, you know, happy and smiling, I look pissed (laughs) off in every photo. Like all, like even Christmas, anything casual, caught off guard. I mean, I look pissed and agitated because I was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think now we, I'm not. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> this explains why I could read this book. The clarity That's and mental clarity is finally there. Interesting. Oh, I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. No, I think but, Dee's always been no, channeling but it's even, the good stuff. But. I know. But even when we were when we just saw you in March, like it's true. Like super relaxed and chill and super happy. Yeah, like, like a very yeah. yummy, yummy energy coming I'm off really you. Like cashmere. Happy. Yeah, joyful now yeah. and just a lot more like I've always felt like a love bug and sensitive, but just God, I'm just so much more compassionate now. And, you know, like right now, obviously, I'm in the midst of this campaign for the book. And so I'm doing a lot of podcasts. And, you know, if you do 50 podcasts, you're going to run across a couple doozers, right? (laughs) And they're going to ask you really ridiculous questions. And it's going to be all about them. There's a lot of arrogance. You know, some of them aren't prepared. It could be, you know, that kind of stuff used to really, oh, I'd almost get disgusted, you know? Mm. And now I'm just like, hey, it's cool. It would be better if (laughs) you were a little more with it. But you're just trying to do the best you can for your thing. And I'm trying to do the best I can for my thing. So, like, I'm good. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to speak. That's so cool. What a relief. It's such a relief to be a nice person. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I love that so oh much. It's such a relief. That is nice. so good. Okay, so regarding happiness, joy, compassion, can you talk to me a little bit about raising a child and particularly your kid is so awesome. And obviously some of that is soul qualities, but I think some of that is you. <laughs> so <laughs> what do you think are the elements of like the care and feeding of a good human being from a mothering perspective? Super conversational, super bold about my belief system. I do not hide anything from him. I mean, there's something, you know, of course, but I'm like, dude, this is what's right. This is what's wrong. And I don't hold back love from him ever. See, here's what I'm going to write about this. I think this is going to sound really inappropriate and weird. So I'm going to have to explain this. I think we should treat our children more like lovers Mm -hmm. and our lovers more like children. And here's what I mean by that. There's lots of times with my kid who is 13 now where I'm just like, oh, my God, I totally need to get a boyfriend because I'm so treating him like a boyfriend right now. And it's just love. 
It's love. Like I leave him love notes and I'm constantly telling him how awesome I think he is. And, you know, when he messes up, I'm just like, what were you thinking? Let's unpack this. You know, like (laughs) it's unfiltered. It's free flowing. I don't worry about spoiling him. I want him to know how awesome he is. I want him to know how much I adore him, how in love with him I am, you know? And then when it comes to, say, romantic relationships, I think if we treated our partners more like children, we're just like, you're hungry. I'm not going to take this personally. (laughs) I think that's so wise. That that applies in our relationship a lot. (laughs) Right? You have issues. I am just going to just be really gentle with you right now. You know what you need? You need a nap, and we can talk about this later. Like... So there's a lot of realism. Like, you know, I say to him, let's be really clear about something. The educational system is failing you. So I'm going to drag you to this art workshop. Like tomorrow, I'm so excited. Tomorrow, we are going to an Alex Gray workshop. Oh, cool. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that awesome? Yeah. I want to go to that. I know. And when I was signing up, I was like, okay, this is weird. We're going to have to drop acid and like draw vaginas and (laughs) like sacred geometry symbols. And... When they got back to me to confirm, they're like, we would love to have your son. Just want to let you know there's going to be a nude model. And I'm just like, I'm down. That's good. And, you know, so I said to the kid, we're going. He knows about Alex Gray because we watched his TED Talk, TED Talk Maui. And I said, there's going to be a nude model there. And he was like, mom, what? (laughs) And I was like, it's going to be weird. You may feel something. And... It's going to be fine. And this is going to be one of these things that when you win a Grammy, you're going to thank me for this. <laughs> thank you, Mom, for taking me all the inappropriate concerts and art classes. So, yeah, we're going. I love that. Well, having been That's raised awesome. by a mother who also did seemingly inappropriate things that I'm now grateful for, I can say he'll turn out just great. <laughs> I'm gonna tell I don't that. think you have any doubt, but that. you can tell him that because he might have doubts on it. <laughs> but yeah, he'll do great. That's awesome. I love that. Okay, so I've been and, and Mike, just feel free to like raise will, your hand if you have Go a question, because otherwise I'm totally gonna take over. So I've been thinking a lot about I've got this workshop that is happening starting next week called the Sustainable Success Workshop. And I love the way that you talk about that success like really doesn't mean anything other than what we define it as. So I'd love to know for you, what is success for you these days, knowing that that's like ever changing and next year could be different. And then also for you, like, you know, being your friend, I witness that you don't have a crazy life. Like there, I know people where I get behind the scenes and I'm like, oh shit, I would not want that life. And your life mm-hmm. is actually really beautiful behind the scenes. Mm. And so feels that way. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to. And so I call that sustainable success, like having a beautiful business that you love mothering in a way that you're proud of and having a life that actually you love as well. So mm. what does success mean to you? And then how have you created that? What I call sustainable success. Mm. I love you guys. I love these questions. Sustainable success is that I make a snack for the kid when he comes home. And everything revolves around that damn snack because (laughs) (laughs) I like say no to well-paying speaking gigs because I'm, that's my time with the kid. 
and you know he has two homes eight days there's we're on an eight day cycle five nights out of those eight he's here that doesn't leave me a ton of flexibility yeah. I get all my traveling done in that window sometimes he doesn't even know where I've been I'm just like oh you know he comes home I've just gotten off the plane he's like how's it going I was like just got home from LA you know so that's success that I'm there for him success for me is having the means to travel I can go anywhere in the world that I want to go Hmm. and I stay in a decent hotel or a really funky cool Airbnb and every once in a while I can bump myself up to premier now I never fly first class because I just think that's ridiculous use of money so there's that and then there's I'm free to change my mind creatively I success is I push back on on creative and quality standards like you know, somebody just sent me this video. It was a magazine. I said, you know, you need to filter that shit up because the makeup is too heavy and the lighting is not right. Hmm. And that was not my responsibility. You know, and I didn't, and I don't, I don't go about it from this standpoint, but if we want to break this down, A, I'm entitled to look my best. B, this doesn't look professional for the magazine. And C, it's actually your responsibility because you hired the really expensive makeup artist and we did makeup for camera work under heavy light and it didn't turn out right. So, you know, but all I, I'm just like really gentle. I'm like, let's make it awesome. I don't think it's awesome. How about a filter? Yeah. You know, that to me is success. Like I am clear minded enough to see it and to say it. And I'm loving enough to say it in a kind way. So those are successful things for me. And there's things that I want about success that I don't have yet. One of them is more money in the bank and that I'm not there yet because I'm running a very rapidly growing business. And I think I need to do a post or a video about this. You know, I'm selling lots of stuff and we're doing really well. I mean, we are... I can say we are, you know, around the $4 million mark now a year. It's not about how much money you make. Right. It's about how much money you keep. Yes. And then I've done some, you know, some things that I'm like so cool with. Like I walked away from a publishing deal in order to have creative freedom. And, you know, I've done a white hot truth on my own. But then there's a little reality check when your project manager slash amazing president of your company calls you and says, hey, D. We need $500,000 to print books. And you go, oh, jeez. Oh, I didn't think about that when I didn't sign the contract. <laughs> That's a small oops. Oh, right? man. And so I'm just like, well, you know what? I'll, I think I got a line of credit somewhere. And you go patch them together with different banks. And then you think, well, and then, you know, that's hitting at the same time that we need about $150,000 to print the next round of day planners. Right. And I'm like, okay, or no, actually, sorry, not 150, another five, it's like 550. So it's crazy numbers. Yeah. I can't even remember the numbers. And I'm just like, huh, well, why don't we put my house up (laughs) and get a loan against the house? And that I am so down with this. I'm so cool with this. It doesn't worry me. I think this is what needs to be done. And I would like to have some money in the bank. That'd be nice someday. 
Thank you so much. One of my favorite things about you is how honest and transparent you are around money. It's actually been really healing for me over the years to hear kind of like the real thing behind the scenes because you wrote this great post a couple years ago about a million dollars is not a million dollars. And it's so great for entrepreneurs who are high profile like you to tell people the truth. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. like the most healing thing we can do, I think, or one of them is to tell the truth about money, what's actually happening, because we get so caught up in thinking it will be a certain way when. And one thing Mike and I have experienced is like, you know, our business keeps growing and so do our expenses. (laughs) And like, that's sort of like the nature of running a growing company, like you said, but it's really important for people to know that, that it's not all rainbows and unicorns as the numbers increase. In fact, the responsibility is just greater. Correct. Yeah. Thank you for that. So how has it been regarding this book coming out for you to like, because everything runs through Daniel Laporte Inc., basically, right? So there is no other, because you've done books. You've never done a self-published, or I wouldn't Desire say self-published. Desire Map was. Yeah, Desire Map. Yep, it was. But this is a bit, This is bigger. I feel like this is a bigger scale. This is bigger scale. Well, with Desire Map, I published it myself. And that basically means I printed it. I put it for sale on my website. People bought it through my site. That's like how basic that is. Then with the next edition, I did this really awesome hybrid deal with sounds true where it's like hey i've updated it the book is done why don't you just take the files you guys print it you deal with distribution and some marketing and away we go so we did that that was great and then this one it's a lot more complex because we decided i walked away from the publishing deal i thought i was just going to do the simple self publishing thing on my own And I was bummed about that because I really want to get the book into bookstores. I still want to be, you know, part of that game and I need distribution, right? And a few weeks later, we were in a conversation, we being Vic, who's president of DL, was in a conversation with Ingram. Ingram is the largest book distributing company in North America. And we were talking to them about, hey, can we get our truth bomb decks in Barnes and Noble, et cetera, et cetera. And like, you got a book coming out. And, you know, Vic had been seeding things. And all of a sudden, quote, you know, it's not really all of a sudden, but boom, we had a distribution deal with them. It was the answer to our prayers. It's the best of both worlds. I have creative control. I've made this myself. And the book will be everywhere. It's everywhere. We retain foreign rights. And I go to France and to Germany and to the Netherlands and get all my own foreign rights deals, which is a beautiful thing. The reason why it's so much more complex is because I'm now part of this huge machine called Ingram Distribution. And I am being, I'm now officially a book publisher. And I tell you, I had my, like, one of my, not I've arrived moments, but I need to think more highly of things moment when I flew out to Nashville to do a presentation to the Ingram sales team. So, you know, they've got 50 people there and these are the guys and women who go out to Target and to Walmart and to Costco and to Barnes and Noble, and they are pitching all the titles. And so my job is to get them pumped so that when they go to the big stores, they can say, this book is the next big thing. That's going to be a bestseller. She's got 500,000 people here and there and a million people here, you know, and 
I was talking about if we wanted to go after getting on the New York Times bestseller list. And I said, you know, it's conflicting with our goal to get the book to as many people as possible. And besides, the book is self-published. And the head of marketing said to me, she's this real fantastic power chick named Kim. She said, "Um, Danielle, you're a publisher. Uh And I actually had a moment of just like, I could just, I think I'm going to need to, I'm just going to post it, note that. And I think I'm going to need to cry in the ladies' bathroom after this. <laughs> I just got full just body like, chills. I'm a publisher now. Yeah. And this is setting me up to publish other people's material, which is the next big dream for me. I'm huge. as excited, if not more excited to publish other people's stuff as I am to get my own work out. Well, and that's what you've been talking about for years. I mean, this yeah. is the fruition of a long-term dream of yeah. Virtuonica becoming a thing. Yeah. So you cool. remember the name. Oh, yeah, well, thanks. I remember thanks. things you say. Yeah. yeah. Remember, she's your biggest fan. I am. I know. I think, I think, I, I think that's honestly, I'm, I think it's still true. Yeah, I do. <laughs> so do you want to hit the New York Times bestseller or what? I do. Yeah, of course. I do. do. I do. I love it. Yeah, so it'll be. Is and that so, what you say? And so mode it be. So mode it be. As we, <laughs> as we say at our <laughs> at our goddess group, and so mode it be. I love that. I really love That's that. That's awesome. Congrats on becoming a publisher. Yeah, seriously. What a big Thank deal. You, you totally, yeah. like, just did it. I mean, do you know anyone else who's published a book this way? No one's coming to mind. Yeah. No one's that I'm well, aware of either. Didn't Seth Godin run that? Didn't he, or he had a book publishing company or something? Did he? Did he? Well, he he did a really cool thing for a while with Amazon, and he called it Domino. Yeah. For a variety of reasons, he did not continue to do that. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the only one that came to mind. All right. So you are sort of reinventing the publishing world, deciding how to do it on your own terms. The other thing I've noticed. When you launch things, like you just launched the Firestarter Facilitator Program, Mm -hmm. which is super, like, such a juicy offering for coaches and people who want to be facilitators of that work, I am curious, you don't, like, I mean, basically what I'm asking is, or what I'm going to say, and then I'll ask you why, is, like, you, you don't really do a launch in the way, like, there aren't three videos, there's not a webinar, like, there's not really a sales, there are sales pages, right, you're describing the offering, but... You don't do it like anyone else. (laughs) And I guess I'm curious of the why and the how of that. And when you are sitting down to create an offering and to then to put it out, not to create the offering, but to put it out into the public, like, do you just sit at your computer and just come up with what you want to say? Is there a format that you follow? Like, why don't you do it like everyone else? (laughs) Okay. Good. I only have so much bandwidth. Yeah. As a human. So I can't do huge campaign, huge launch campaigns for everything. So, you know, white hot truth, huge campaign. It's so complex and far reaching and I'm given that all I've got. Yeah. So then we'd be like, Hey, oh my God, we're going to launch this product at the same time in the midst of this other campaign. <laughs> that was crazy. We'll never do that again. I was wondering about that. <laughs> <laughs> we're just like, Oh, we'll just slide it in there. Isn't and- it always, you can just slide stuff in there. Yeah, we'll just like, fit it in. We just fit it in. It's not a problem. And then it's like, oh, wait, <laughs> that takes. Yeah. It'd be so it'd be so easy because 
it's the same team and, and we just press send, right? It's only I only have to record two videos and a photo shoot. No big deal. Not a problem. Yeah. And I just want things to feel elegant. And I also have this this is a core, I guess, like practice or philosophy with the business, which is we take care of friends and family first. And by friends and family, I mean the people who subscribe. Yeah. And I've been around and I've already read books. Like I'm just so honored and amazed that people buy a book of mine and read many pages and they stick around. Like I just don't take it for granted. I think getting inside someone's inbox is a privilege. Oh yeah. And so I just really need to talk to those people. And so you've read Firestarter Sessions. Great. Then you get this. I don't need to convince you. I don't need to do a video. You know me and I think you love me because you're sticking around. So we're friends and here's the offering. And I'm all about resonance. Like you should be able to just, you should be able to just like put your hands against the computer screen and feel like if this is going to work for you or not. <laughs> like I'm, I'm joking, but it's kind of true. Totally. And I don't want to push anymore. I'm so fucking done. I mean, I could just weep. I'm so done with pushing guys, you know, and this is why I so love what you're doing around do less hmm. and just, you know, being a really honest, honest set of parents, you know, like this is the future. <laughs> it's now like it's got to happen now because and we're in pain. We're burned out. We're fried. We're not giving ourselves enough attention. Our relationships, our kids, we're buying dumb shit that we don't need <laughs> because we're trying to do too much. And, and it's plastic. Too much. And it's like, and, you know, and then it's like we think we need to do the fucking funnel emails and the extra video. And now everything is so... Everybody, everybody looks so slick. I think I'm, you know, going to give away a, like a branding idea secret now, but it's like, you know, I think where I'm going to head with a brand is just much more organic Yeah. because I'm getting tired of the glam and the pressure of that. And I'm just like, I think I'm just going to use like my Instagram feed <laughs> for all of my future marketing photos because it's real and it's cheap and it's easy. And because everybody else's stuff is so shiny and blowing up and all on a white background now and yeah i don't know i'm so i'll, with let, you I'll on let you that. know in six months yeah no we'll keep we'll, we'll keep in touch about that but like <laughs> i'm loving really facebook live for that because like i you know i come back from pilates or whatever and i just like go on there and share something and then we're done and it's not like a deal because having to get the hair blown out and the makeup and the lighting right. It's like, I just sit by a window and figure that's going to be good. And I love that. So I also feel like it's so important for women like you who choose to, who have that high visibility to give permission to the person who's just starting out, who is thinking in their heads, well, I can't launch my business because I don't have the money for the photo shoot and the professional lights and whatever. And it's like, you know what? You have your iPhone and you have a window. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Get and get a client. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So I want to know now as we sort of wrap things up, we talked about money in the bank. We talked about New York Times bestseller. What else do you desire for in the next, like, let's say coming few years? What are you building right now? I'm so thrilled and honored and jazz that you said like I'm shaking up the way publishing is done because I want to 
shake my money maker. And I will, here's the declaration over the next five years, I will be publishing mastery level people who are talking about esoterics and healing. And I'm going to create millions of points of light in the forms of books and courses and meditations free and paid for. There will be a philanthropic model to all of this. I'm going to shake this up and I'm going to heal. I'm going to put as much healing content out there as I can. And I will do it in a way that is esoterically impeccable and, and highly profitable. So yeah, I would love to, you know, this is like, I think, you know, what's my metric? It's like cover a fast company magazine. Mm. If I don't get the cover fast company magazine, like that's fine. I've survived when those audacious dreams don't come (laughs) true. I keep making stuff. That's where I'm headed with that. I want to keep expanding my kid's world, like just traveling with him and getting him every kind of guitar that he needs and teacher. And just, I just want us to like every day when we pray, I say, all right, and now let's say thank you for our creativity because mm-hmm. it's everything. I'm, you know, I'm like, dude, after being healthy and having each other, we have our creativity and it's everything, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to be married. I don't know to who <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like, you're invited. You're both in the wedding party. And yeah, so that's like a big one. So like, that's it. Like, you know, be of service to the world and be super prosperous and charitable doing it. Keep feeding my kid just like soul and be with my beloved. Well, yeah. so might it be Love on it. this new moon in Taurus. So good. Oh, so good. Yeah. What are you finding during this launch period? Because this is a, it's a lot of, you know, I would imagine. Give me the quick outline of like, when did you start? So like, when did you finish the book? And then... It's launching officially on May 16th, right? Correct. Okay. It's been pretty rapid fire. So I finished the book last August. And is that true? I think that's true. Last summer sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I finished in August. Now, that would be nutty working with, like, you know, a big publishing house. Yeah, they want a year. They want a year. And I'm just like, so much happens in a year. That's so boring. So, (laughs) yeah. And then we went to print... I had to sign off on designs. This is how tight it was. And I don't mean tight by the timeline was tight. I mean, this is how fucking radical Mm -hmm. my team is. You know, I delivered the manuscript to the editor and the designer all both at, at one time. Wow. And I had the first layout of the book in five days. Whoa. Holy smokes. But we had been planning, like it's all really concurrent engineering. So we'd already had our style sheets done and we mm-hmm. knew the spacing and the font and the everything. And they really just needed to kind of like, you know, you just stream it in. And we decided that we would have our copy editor read from the designed files instead. Cool. And that saved a lot of time. And we went, you know, I was like so neurotic. I'm just like, I don't want this. This can't be, I can't have a typo in this. And someone think, oh, she self-published. Like, I was extra overachiever about this. So, yeah. like, we had it proofread by, like, four different copy editors. And, yeah, and then I think the guts are printed in one place and the cover was printed somewhere else. And 
We had to test five different kinds of foil. You know, it's $2,000 just to do a print run with a foil cover. It was, you know, yeah. Wow. That's the timeline. And I just got my first real copy of the book maybe four weeks ago. Yeah, we saw it at your house, right? Yeah, yeah. we did. Yeah. I just received it. And then yeah. right now you're just in massive promotion, right? I would assume. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of podcasts. I'm doing, there's a lot of last minute writing, which I didn't allow time for. So that's where, if I have any stress or pressure right now, it's like, hey, so-and-so website magazine, can you deliver this by Monday at five o'clock? Five questions. They're all dumb questions. Nobody's read the book. And what I do is I just throw those questions out and I just write on the topic that they want. Yeah. And I voice text at first and then I, yeah. I let go of the agitation that these are stupid and silly, shallow questions. (laughs) Right, because that actually like is a time, as an energy suck. It is. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm so happy I have this opportunity to, to <laughs> preach. And and these girls are just doing their best. They just everybody at a magazine just wants to be editor in chief. They're just doing what they can. So I get over it. Yeah. <laughs> so how have you because I know in the like you've talked about speaking and being sick, right? Didn't you talk about that? Yeah, I've been really open about it. Yeah. Right. And so during this process too, because now this is like a massive opportunity for like an upper limit situation to happen you know because you're putting ever right you're putting out like this amazing piece of art to the world which by the way the way you put your books together is awesome beautiful it's awesome so like how are you maintaining this self-care during this process where you're like because you're leading a lot with gratitude that's what we're hearing a lot during this conversation Mm. regarding even something that you get upset about to just say well these stupid five questions like i'm irritated well okay i'll answer it but i'm gonna do it my way and it's Mm -hmm. like bringing you back in your power and in your control so what is happening during this process as so much output is taking place that is really allowing you to remain sane during it ah Such a great question. Or yeah, empower, this is I such say, a setup yeah. for upper limit issue. Well, the most recent thing I did, and I just did a little video about this last night, was for the week of launch, I was going to do New York. So a couple days of media. And then on the Wednesday night, my launch is May 17th, that the launch party. Wednesday night, do that, rock and roll. Get up the next morning, get on a plane go to Toronto, do an event that night, get on a plane the next morning, go to Seattle, have a day to sleep and just like get a facial and then do wanderlust and then come home. So, so three cities in five days with a ton of media in between. And I never feel drained after those events. People ask me all the time, don't you feel drained and tired? I'm like, no, but it still <laughs> does take a huge amount of energy. Right. And we decided to cancel. This is as of yesterday, decided to cancel Toronto It wasn't even a canceling because it wasn't hard on the books yet. We hadn't announced it. It wasn't coming together easily. You know, Canadians are, we're so nice. No one's ever in a rush to book anything. And I'm just like, you know what? They needed to book this thing three weeks ago. Fuck it. We need to move on. And by the way, I can feel myself getting tired already. So, but then right away, Angie and Vic and I go into produce and overachieve mode. I mean, this is the thing. This is why we all work well together, why we all need to take care of each other. They're like, why don't you do Chicago or why don't you do Portland? Mm. And then we're like, I should do East Coast or da, 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 da. And it took me 90 minutes to come to Jesus on this one. Normally it would have taken me nine days. <laughs> and I messaged Vic and just said, you know what? 
I don't want to do another city. Good. And the thought of like, I was feeling so constricted and you know, the up, I could feel the upper limit coming right. As soon as I thought about fitting in Chicago or Portland, I started to get a little wheezy. My lungs started saying no. And I was like, Oh my God, I know I'm going to get a sinus infection if I do that extra city, but I can do it because I want to get on the New York Times list and I can sell 1000 more books, maybe 2000 if we double the books for the thing and the thing and the that and the thing. And then I can do that talk show in the morning. I was like, no, <laughs> no, no. I want to stay in a nice hotel in New York. I want to eat really healthy. I've got so many things lined up that week, stuff happening with well and good and a Facebook, you know, and all this stuff. I want to be there. I want to look rested. I want to be rested. Yeah. And as soon as I made that decision, well, as soon as I went to make that decision, I got all choked up because I was like, I'm letting my girls down. If we don't hit our goals, they're going to think it's because she didn't go to Portland. Mm. And we've been working so hard. If it's just one more city. And I said, you guys, I don't think selling a thousand more books is going to help us get where we're going. I don't think it's going to make the difference. And I need to stay well. So I'm done. I'm not going to do that extra city. And they're just like, we love you. We're so happy you're doing this. And you're not doing that. And I'm just like, oh, you guys, we're so good. like felt so alive just in the last 24 hours that's like monumental kind of decision making it is for me huge yeah it's huge because everybody else does the three cities in five days yeah or you know not everybody else I mean it's not a judgment but no, I but it's do like, it well, the, the, it's to do more. It's the, yeah, you're yeah. doing the do less model of like, and here's the thing, right? Like we can still have what we want and do less. Yeah. Oh, and here, this was how I was going to cap that. The beauty of it, this always happens, you know, I know you guys see this in your own life. Like you say no, and it feels a little bit risky. And then like, ba-bam, yep. the next day it's like something amazing happens. Literally, we're going back and forth saying clearing up that I'm not going to take on the extra cities. And the girls are like, Oh my God, we just got in five bulk orders for books. And it's like a few thousand copies. Like, great. (laughs) Right. And like, hi, you didn't have to leave your house for that to happen. (laughs) I'm in my non UG slippers. Yes. That's so good. Love that. That's so good. We should. Yes. Well, you got to go get something to eat to do your Facebook live. So Mike, do you want to do your last question, hon? Sure. This is it. Yep. What do you want your funeral to be like? Oh, a great DJ. (laughs) It's going to have a great DJ. And I'm going to do the playlist before I die. I should probably do that and like put that in a vault. (laughs) And I would like a lot of open weeping and wailing about how awesome I was. (laughs) (laughs) No. Yeah, just music, music, music and flowers and essential oils. Everybody will leave with a free book. <laughs> <laughs> One of all of them. Uh, yeah, you can like a free free membership. There will be a gift bag. There will be a gift bag of all the products. <laughs> you get a gift box. Oh, right. <laughs> we happen to have some inventory. We won't be selling now. <laughs> You should just design yeah. that now. That should be a, you know, just I get should. that start doing that now. After the campaign. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, Dee, we love you so much. The book 
is awesome. White hot truth. Clarity for keeping it real on your spiritual path. You always do keep it real, which I love about you. And you are not full of shit. So and, thank you for that. And then tell um, <laughs> where are you doing? Your yeah, th- tell people where your three cities are. and what's the date. Okay, New York City, May seventeenth. We'll be there. It'll be. I'm so happy. It'll be at Symphony Space. I rarely say this, but I'm going to say it now. I think this event is worth catching a plane for. Which we are. Then I'm going to. We have to buy tickets. Seattle, Sunday, May twenty first at Wanderlust. I'm going to do a very quick thing on stage at twelve fifty five zero p.m. and then I'm going to be in a tent on the side, signing books and giving hugs, and then. San Francisco at Grace Cathedral, June 16th, and June 23rd, L.A. L.A., mm-hmm. June 23rd. I'm speaking in the Agape space. Nice. And, yeah. And I don't know when you're going to air this. but Next Tuesday. Right now. Oh, next Tuesday. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, of course, pre-orders are happening now. What yes. everybody should know, like the fun, free thing, is like if they order the book from Amazon or Powell's or wherever you want to order it from – before May 16th, you get the audiobook for free. That's awesome. Which is another reason I'm publishing by myself. That's so for myself. cool. Because I can do this crazy stuff, right? Yeah. So, and really, I think the audiobook is better than the <laughs> written book. I mean, I'm just reading the book, but it's more fun and I really get my point across, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm, I even throw in like a few extra spicy jokes. So, yeah, go get the book. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, we love you, Dee. The book's amazing. You're amazing. And so mode it be with all the things. So mode it be. I'm jumping on up and down because I love you guys. We love you too. My mic just fell off the table. Amazing. Thank you for coming (laughs) on the show. (laughs) Bye. Ever feel like you're constantly doing things but aren't able to carve out the time or energy for the things that really matter to you? Mike and I want to share our top five tools for making a life, not just a living. To learn what they are, go to katenorthrup.com forward slash tools. See you on the next episode.